Hello, everyone. Welcome to Third Shot Podcast. We have another great episode in store for you all, but before we jump into it, we want to make sure that you've clicked follow or subscribe wherever you're listening or watching so that you don't miss any future episodes. You can also take it a step further and follow us on social media, Instagram, and Facebook at Third Shot Podcast or on X at Third Shot Pod. And now we get to grab our glasses and toast with Uncle Greg and Russ. Toast to you, Bridgie. Cheers. Cheers. So, Russ, we got to start with you. <laughs> You've left a little bit of a, I don't know, oh. what do you call it? What's going on in your household right now? Oh, man. So, uh, uh, we'll, we'll we'll make this this a scary story up front here, but you know you wake up in the morning, and you go out into the hall, and you see basically like the scene from Dexter, right outside your hall, like all over the hall. There's blood like spattered on the wall, on the oh, floors. No. Oh my like, god! I'm like what? <laughs> what happened here? Um, you know, actually though really we walked right past it didn't even notice and then got coffee turned on the lights that's when we noticed but anyway uh so it was it was like what happened like the, the cats like really get in that bad of a fight we we knew it was the cats right away because there were paw prints in the blood oh. like what is happening like so we check the cats and uh, we we look at uh, our new kitten that we got. I, I had it on the show at one point, I, I, yep. uh, you know, early on here, right? And um, yeah, she, uh, so her nails get really like long and she's a little clumsy. So she gets <laughs> stuck on things. So I think I've she- I've never heard stuck. a cat described as clumsy before. Yeah, she's she's <laughs> clumsy. Um, so she got her 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 back- paw the nail there stuck in something i i'm i'm assuming i don't know what it might be the rug i don't know i mean we have hardwood floors so it's got to be the rug i guess she pulls away so hard now in the middle of the night we did hear the cats like crying like you know like as if they were fighting and we yelled Aww. but it must have been that when she did this so she pulled it out uh like all the way to the bone that's oh. how bad it was. It was like, and so it was, you know, bleeding the whole, you know, and we had to go to the emergency vet and uh, she's, she's already like a really, like, she's also a nervous cat. So she's clumsy and nervous. And so, you know, like you make the slightest noise and she's, she jumps. Um, so it's like, okay, how do we get her to the vet? And like, I'm talking to her in the car, trying to calm her down. <laughs> it was working. She was cool. But uh, yeah. Uh, oh. Jumping to the the end of the story here, you know, five hundred dollars later, uh, a couple oh. hours in the vet, and um, uh, she now has a cast and a cone. <laughs> so, oh, how long does she have uh, to be in that? She has to be in the cone, I think. For well, we're gonna take her Wednesday again to go see like the follow up thing, but the cone is like a week, and the cast uh, is at least up until Wednesday, and they'll change it on Wednesday and either put on a new one or let her take it off, but. Um, it's so sad because you see her like she wants to try to get the cast off, so she's shaking her back leg and doing all this stuff what, to try what's to. What's a cat cast like? Is it is well, it like a human cast or what? Was a cat cast? Well, it's more of like a 
band-aid or bandage i guess i think it's just like a bunch of gauze like wrapped up and then they have some kind of hard thing on the outside of it i i think um i don't know they they did mention that they had to like that they were cutting her hair so i don't know if they actually shaved like i might have a cat with one bald leg i don't know i don't know but it's it is we'll show it on the i mean i i have the picture that i'm sure i could show somewhere oh, else there she is there's the cat the cone of shame and the, there's blood the shame cone oh uh, she looks uh, so scared yeah so scared and just so like upset and then uh she has she has this little uh she has this little lamb that she carries around yes she's like a, a dog lamb uh, as soon as I gave her the little lamb, she uh, she did start purring again. So she she's uh, she's eating, she's drinking, everything normal there. But yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, are you are you giving her shots of alcohol to help her with the pain? Is that, is that what she's she probably drinking? should? Uh, they they did give her like pain med to to deal with the pain yesterday, but and she seems fine today. So we'll we'll see how this goes over the next few days. But uh, yeah, it was a dramatic day, and um lots of lots of cleaning um did you um, find her her um nail i anywhere? haven't no Ooh. no i don't know where yeah. so is the blood all over the house or just on that one hallway just in the hallway so she kind of stays there is that where she no no i i don't know what like i i don't i'm guessing maybe it was like kind of too painful to get away or something i don't know wow. but yeah she was hanging out there when we uh got out there in the morning wow i'm so sorry for for her <laughs> and obviously it's dramatic for the family too yeah it's just uh it's not fun you get yeah. you get the new kitten i've had so much cat drama in this house we had our other cat disappear for three weeks a few years I remember ago that. that was oh my god that was no good um came back all skinny and you know, like, yeah but but he came back that's door, cool. but came back yeah so yeah we've had we've had some cat drama and uh, uh i was looking into pet insurance while we were warming up for the show <laughs> it's I a good idea <laughs> yeah well you think about it you know you've got human insurance right for health like you know yeah. i mean it's, and i guess playing pickleball and greg with all your injuries you need some you had to bring that up but <laughs> it's pretty relevant today actually oh yeah it, what oh, happened no. <laughs> oh man well in the bay area it's been raining right russ knows it's been raining and stuff like that but i wanted to go play this morning and and you know the group was out there so we all got our towels and we're kind of wiping down the court so that we're trying to soak up as much water as possible and you know we're all diehard so we wanted to get out there and play even though it was still you know fairly wet right but the sun kind of broke out so we were hopeful that it was just gonna dry out the courts so we did the best we could then we started playing and stuff and the way our courts are set up at one end of the court is drains like metal drains where the water kind of flows out um and sure enough I, my foot hit that drain and my foot came out. I went flying. I looked like Charlie Brown. Oh, so no. it, getting, yeah, I went, but everything went flying. My arms are flailing. <laughs> I land flat on my rear end. I put my hand down to try to brace myself. I jam my finger. I'm like, so embarrassed. Right, because the, everybody, all four courts stop and they go, Greg, are you okay? Right. 
That's and the I'm, worst. You know, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to be as cool as possible. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> okay, come on. Who's served? Let's play. And on the inside, I am just hurting, right? I am just, <laughs> oh. So right now, yeah, I am feeling the uh, the pain. But in that moment, okay, this this, this is the sickness, the, the business sickness that I have. In that moment, what crosses my mind is, okay, we got to come up with a product that can deal with these courts after rains happen to keep mm. people safe. Right. So here, here's my idea. I want you guys to give me some feedback on this. So you guys know like Roombas, right? Those vacuums that are automatic in the house, right? You just turn it on and it just does this thing, right? Cleans the house. Listen, if you listen closely, mine's on in the background right now. Oh, so, oh. <laughs> so there we go. So I'm thinking I want to invent a Roomba for pickleball courts that has two settings. The first setting sucks up the water, right? All the standing water from the court has a little reservoir. You just go empty it out in the drain or in the plants or something like that, right? So that's the first setting. The second setting is a heated blower. So after you suck up all the water, you go setting number two, you let it do its thing, and it just blows hot air on the court and dries it all out. That is my invention. How many, I mean, how many places around the country have yeah. a lot of rain and diehard pickleball players that want to play on the courts, but they're too wet? Exactly. Right? And you can market it as being eco-friendly because you can water plants with the water that it exactly. sucks Right? Yeah. So what do you think? You're do we got something? something? I, I like it. I think it's cool. I, I know gotta, that gotta there's... Make yeah, there's something that like a squeegee where you like pull it and it's like a, have you seen it? It's like a bar yeah. and there's yeah. a rope attached it, kind of like how they um, do the, the the fields for baseball, but right. you just like go over the court. But if it's automatic, you can set it and forget it and then your court will be ready. Exactly. Exactly. Just I have it, it on batteries or charge it up or whatever. Boom. Just let it go. Let it run for a half hour before you're ready to play and the court's ready yeah. to go and you just rotate it to the next court after that one's done. And right. I think we got something. I think we got something. This is like a necessity for pickleball players <laughs> in areas that have, deal with rain. And yeah. we also need new drain covers. <laughs> we, right. I we do. <laughs> right. Oh, we need something. Yeah. That. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Now I'm thinking oh. lawsuit. No, no, I'm not going <laughs> to. Aside from uh, everybody turning and asking you if you are okay, are you really okay? Did you hurt anything? My pride is probably <laughs> the first thing that I hurt. Uh, it's actually my hand. My hand hurts the worst from oh, bracing no. myself and falling. That That's my yeah. tailbone kind of hurts. Uh my hamstring kind of hurts a little bit. I think it kind of like I tried to recover a stretch. I don't know. It's I don't know what happened. It happened so quick, but all I know, I was down on the ground like instantly. I'm like, what it just happened to me? <laughs> oh, That's such a bummer. Yeah, yeah. yeah that is. Well, it's a good thing you're wearing shoes because you might have got your toe stuck in there. Your toe would have come out. You would have been <laughs> to the emergency vet. I would have had to wear the cone. Cone of shame. <laughs> I would have had to do the next three podcasts in the cone of shame. <laughs> oh, 
thank goodness thank goodness that didn't happen so yeah anyway, we're, we're we're all we're all good we're all good your cat's good i'm good we're we're gonna we're gonna mend up all right yes. well uh so so what do we what do we got on the show make well, us all feel better thinking about this business idea it's perfect because we have simon lovell and he is the founder and he does a podcast called picklepreneur and he will coach and consult with people that want to start a business around pickleball <laughs> very very interesting guy really sharp business mind i think people are really going to enjoy the conversation so come on back and meet simon from picklepreneur Welcome back to Third Shot. We appreciate all the support that you're providing us on social media, on YouTube, on our website. Please keep giving us your feedback and your comments on Instagram, Facebook, X, YouTube, you name it. We love hearing all your comments. Bridgie and I are super excited to speak with the host of Picklepreneur Podcast, Simon Lovell. How are you doing, Simon? I'm doing fantastic on this amazing day. How about you guys? We're doing great too. And thank you for joining us. Um, before we kick off our questions for you, we do like to do a little toast. So we'll cheers to picklepreneurs. Cheers, cheers to picklepreneurs. What have you guys got there? This is almond milk for anyone that's watching. Mm. I've got a little immunity shot. Oh, is that? Keep, you got spicy. I like warm. the spicy ones when it comes to like ginger. Yeah. Yes, it has ginger and turmeric. Oh, I like that. I have this um, ice, the sparkling ice, and then I splash it with some vodka. So nice. <laughs> that's, kind of, that's kind of my new little in, in, uh, invention there. So it was a lot of fun. <laughs> so Simon, start us off by telling us, how did you get started in the world of pickleball? What was your introduction to the sport like? So mine came through a lot of pain, actually. I was in 2021, I was diagnosed with a rare, very rare condition called Guillain-Barre syndrome in which the immune system attacks the nerves. And this was after getting COVID. Um, I was unable to walk. Um, and so I, at 44 years old, went back to live with my family in Florida. Um, and then it was coming back to San Diego that I was spending two hours meditating to help my back to recover and improve my posture. Uh, and I heard the sound of pickleballs at the Marriott Hotel, which is where I live. I'm fortunate enough to have a, a court right at the back of my uh, apartment and also at the Marriott Hotel. So I've got pickleball all around me. Um, so at the time, I didn't know anything about it. I went in to the fitness center, which I walked with my dog every day, but I never went in. And I said, hey, what's the deal with pickleball? And they said, you know, there's a thing called open play. You can come and just, you know, mix in. I'm like, oh, this is perfect because at the time going through my recovery, I was spending a lot of time uh, isolating uh, and also, you know, just uh, I kind of gave up on life, honestly, with the condition uh, in a way, especially when it came to business. And Pickleball really helped me to come back to life in terms of just getting me active again, get me connecting with people again. Uh, despite having spent a decade working in personal development, you know, I had this health condition that really uh, shook me in so many ways. And so uh, I feel a very deep uh, connection with pickleball because of yes, how it's helped me, but also, you know, uh, in the transformational aspect in so many different areas. And so, 
now coming back and feeling better again and feeling like I want to get into business again. This is now where I feel like I want to help as many people as I can with the skills that I've developed over the past decade in business, in you know, being able to move from England to America for, for my business. Uh, now I've been here for 10 years. Uh, and also in personal development, uh, you know, having invested and worked with some of the best in the world. Uh, I'm coming into the space to add right now to add value to others throughout the podcast and the other things I'm doing. And then you've had background working with Tony Robbins, I believe, right? 2015. Yeah, I uh, I was in his platinum program. So I was at a mastermind and a friend of mine had a ticket for UPW. I went along, signed up to platinum and spent a couple of years. So I traveled the world with Tony um, and learned wow. from him at the top level, you know, India and uh, lots of intimate events, just worked with his trainers and stuff like that. So a lot of very profound, deep uh, healing experiences, I would say, for the things that I went through at the time, which would have been addiction and other personal challenges uh, that I've been through. Um, and so I've actually worked with, you know, uh, Olympians and top performers when it comes to helping them to improve their habits, their behaviors, their performance, really, right? Taking more action, not procrastinating so much. So uh, I love now of this business and this kind of thing into helping people within this space. I don't want to throw us too off track, but I got to ask you, what's Tony like behind the scenes? I mean, everybody's seen him on stage. Yeah, yeah I did. I, yeah, I actually, I wrote an article about uh, this uh, for entrepreneur.com. I do articles for them, but I wrote in there that, um, you know, there's Tony who you would see at an event and then there's him eye to eye. And the thing that a lot of people say, which is very true, which is once you're beyond the celebrity, oh my God, it's Tony Robbins type of thing, which takes, you know, a few times to, to go away, then it's really about uh, his level of presence with you that causes you to, to take what he says very seriously and action it. When, when you have someone like that, that you go to, for example, when I went to him, you know, in uh, Business Mastery in London, and I said, hey, I was going through this relationship challenge, you know, he just, uh, he, he, this is what he said to me, he said, uh, you know, he said, Simon, are you going to India? And he was looking me in the eye, I think he was holding me on the shoulder, and I was like, yeah, I'm going, he's like, he was just like, I'm going to rip that shit out of you. And it was like, it was just like the way, you know, the, the way that he said it was like, it, it was, you know, he's so based upon certainty. And when someone has that level of certainty and, and you feel like that person's going to help you, it helps to build trust and it helps you to take what he's saying seriously. The other th important thing about Tony's work also is the amount of immersion that he puts you into, you know, like meditation is a fine example uh, when that also, you know, I, I teach that when it comes to performance, but in India, you know, you're meditating for hours versus doing it for 10 or 15 minutes. And so, uh, you know, he takes you on that spiritual journey as well as, the business acumen when it comes to understanding the the life cycles and the maturity of businesses and the strategic aspect uh, throughout the different events. You know, one event is, uh, you know, Hawaii relationship. The other one is India for spiritual. So he's touching on, on all of these different areas to help you to become more whole as an individual.
so cool. Wow. I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. And for our listeners, Simon does have an incredible website that details everything, like the timeline of his story and all of his background accomplishments and who he's worked with in the past. So definitely go check that out. We'll drop his link um, at the end of the show as well as in the show notes too. But um, yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, what point from learning pickleball did you decide, okay, now I'm going to start my own kind of pickleball business, entrepreneurship. Um, was there something that sparked that or was it just kind of bringing your two worlds together? It's a fun story, actually. So uh, during my recovery, I got into AI and stuff like that. It's a, it's a very cathartic process for me. I'm, I can't draw a stick man, but I can take <laughs> something in my head and put it into AI and produce something, which is interesting. So I created this uh, Instagram um uh, on a friday and then i saw that michelle pfeiffer got hit in the eye with a pickleball on the saturday and then i created a movie poster she was in batman returns and so i created this uh movie poster with pickleball returned uh, of <laughs> which i tagged her sibling her sister and then she saw it and shared it to like three million followers on the monday and so mm -hmm. i'd gone from this creation of this instagram on a friday to michelle pfeiffer sharing it two days later and and so I played around with the AI, but then that was, I was still in the, in the stage of just not, you know, just coming back into uh, like wanting to, to, you know, I, there was no monetization behind it or no thinking about business. It was just fun and playful for me. Um, and then in towards the end of last year, uh, I started to, 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 to have more conversations and really started to think about the skills that I've developed in, you know, growing a multi-million dollar company when I moved to the, you know, to the States in, in, in online program design and performance design. I, I can tell you about a process um, that I developed that was very transformational also, you know, in the mindset space. And so I didn't want to, I didn't want to waste that skill set that I have for the amount of people that are a coming into the space, wanting to grow businesses and maybe not having the, the mindset, especially coaches, uh, and also, you know, business owners, because I, I spent many years helping personal trainers to grow their businesses and also clubs and, and, and gyms. Um, and then, of course, the mindset aspect and the, and the performance aspect, especially around things like accountability and neuroscience, of which I've studied a lot and have a system and a process. And so what I'm observing in the space is so many amazing things. But also just I'm an optimizer and I see uh, opportunity a lot uh, of what I'm seeing uh, from a branding, a marketing and a, also a you know, performance uh, aspect. And so it was a honestly, it, it was kind of like this, which was like the activity of Pickleball helped me to feel better. And then in feeling better, that was when I decided to call it Picklepreneurs because I'd had this business uh, called Fitpreneurs before. And so it's too good of a name, in my opinion, with the alliteration. Right. Um, and people are already associating with that already uh, as an entrepreneur, because there are so many different challenges as an entrepreneur, especially, you know, if you look at certification, right, if you look at certification of someone saying, OK, I'm going to get certified as a coach, um, the the gap between certification and success can often be sabotaged with all of the things that come up as a new business owner. Yes, I love this. I'm going to become a coach. But how do I market myself? Like, how do I put myself out there? There's so many things that can stop us in that journey to be, quote unquote, successful, whatever we 
define that to be, whether that's financially 10,000 a month or impacting a certain amount of people or whatever success is. I, I define that differently now from when I did when I was more materialistic and wanted Ferraris and big houses, right? So uh, I think the, dependent on someone's definition of success, uh, it's uh, I want to help to move them along through the milestones to get there, not as quickly as possible, but as efficiently as possible. Um, uh, because I, I believe that the space right now, yes, it's obviously it's growing, um, but I don't like to see people fail who have the skill set, but maybe a few tweaks that can actually support them in their journey. What are you finding with, you know, business owners or people that want to start their own business? You know, you mentioned earlier a little bit about self-sabotage, but there's a lot of things that really get in the way of actually taking the step and saying, yes, I'm actually going to do this and I'm going to make this happen. Like, what are you seeing in people when they come to you with these ideas that's holding them up and how do you get them through that hurdle? Well, uh, I'll, I'll tell you a story. So the, the, the biggest thing I would say on a mindset level uh, is going to be fear. And that's understanding your own emotional intelligence, honestly, because there's imposter syndrome when you're new, there's, you know, anything, you know, you've got sales, you know, someone may like talking about their service, but when it comes to transitioning to asking for the sale, they may have, you know, rejection stuff come up. So there's, there's a lot, but I would say that in, in helping, you know, top performers, when it comes to CEOs, you know, my experience with, uh, founders in particular, um, you know, I developed, uh, I, 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 I noticed a theme in completion rates of online programs of which there were a lot of people signing up, but around 20% of people completing the actions. And so what does that tell you? It tells you that people have good intentions, but they have struggle following through into completion, which is problematic for someone that wants to be a high performer. So what I did was I looked at that and said, I would love to produce a process whereby I could kick people out if they didn't take action because I'm here in Coronado in San Diego and right here it are the Navy SEALs. They're everywhere, right? This is what this yeah. is where they train, right outside my home. Yeah. And so if you look at the Navy SEALs, when they put uh, put them through, they're not looking for everyone to go through, right? It's not like every, everyone go through. It's, it's a high level. It's a perfor top performance level. So what I did was I created a, an accountability process where you had to do things every day to retrain the brain. And that's about shifting identity. And so, uh, you know, I have a process that I take people through step by step versus just giving them a lot of information. But in putting the, in putting the clients through that, what comes up most of the time is this fear and the courage to be seen, the courage to put some, put yourself out there. Because mm -hmm. the moment you choose to be a, a business owner, especially now if you don't have a massive budget and you're not growing a big brand, you can't afford to hide behind your logo. You need to be out there. You need to, your face needs to be there because people connect with you in that way, right? People right. can learn the strategy, but they have trouble implementing it because of overthinking or they, you know, their friends and family are saying and a certain thing. And so it's easy to fall back into doing what's comfortable. Right. You know, uh, you know, there was a stage, you know, before I'd made my first million in 2015, where that was not a reality for me. Like I knew I wanted it, but I had to like build my confidence because there was a time where I'd struggle to charge a hundred dollars for my services because I didn't think I was good enough to charge that. So how am I like, it's a good idea to make millions, but actually how, how do you actually do that? And so for me, 
I needed mentorship. I needed coaching. I needed people to challenge me. Um, as you know, a great story, lots of great stories with my mentors, Tony being one of them, but other mentors that really challenged me uh, with my behaviors of what I was doing that wasn't supporting me, you know? So it's not, it's not just one thing, you know, you have to look at somebody's individual skill set, what they're good at, and uh, give people honest feedback on the reality of what they would need to do in order to, to grow a business. Because to grow a business, you, uh, you know, yes, you've got the mindset aspect, but you've also got marketing, you've also got sales. But then even if you make a sale, you've still got to deliver a good service and a good product. And while pickleball is great and it's up, up, upcoming, uh, you know, and it's, and it's growing in a, a rapid rate, there's going to be people that want to make money in it. Um, but put things out there that just make money, but maybe aren't the highest of, of quality. Right. So right. there's integrity with that too, right. Into people's intentions. Like for me coming into pickleball, I'm saying to myself, what are the skills that I already have where that's my zone of genius? Cause one of the things I teach, which is knowing your zone of genius, what is my zone of genius? And then where can I develop around that? to be more specific within Pickleball, right? So I think it's very important if you're going to grow any business to know what's my lane of what, what I'm good at. And then if you don't want to learn that other thing to be better, then outsource, have the skills to outsource the things that you're not good at, you know? And of course, you know, we could be talking about a paddle company. We could be talking about a, a merch company. We could also be talking about, you know, a coaching company, you know, a good example is, you know, a coach wanting to go full time. I've helped, you know, hundreds of trainers, personal trainers go from, you know, part-time to full-time. Um, I'll give you another good story around, you know, let's just look at that industry in comparison to Pickleball, which is, you know, I would often work with a personal trainer that wants to have a gym, but they, they, it was a dream, but they never really thought it was possible until I said, Hey, even though you don't have the money right now, go and look at some locations. And then what would magically happen? Because they went into a location, they saw it, they felt it. They was like, oh my God, this could be mine. And then suddenly they scrambled to make things happen. Well, why does that happen? Well, in Think and Go Rich, there's something called intensity of desire. And when you go and take an action, like be in an environment where it suddenly becomes like it lights you up mentally, then you you start to find a way versus saying, well, I can't because you know, a big excuse for a lot of people is money. And what Tony Robbins will say is that it's not about money. It's about resources, the resources that you have to make things happen. I see uncle's eyes over there lighting oh, I up. Know, because, I know. We're, we're the, talking the same language, Simon, totally. Yeah. Right. And then go look at places. I mean, it's something that uncle's talked about too with, you know, wanting to open up a club and everything. So I know that he's super excited over there. Uh, my question for you is, uh, you know, the pickleball world right now is is relatively new, you know, in regards to maybe like other sports industries. What are you seeing as some of like the most successful types of, of businesses? Are they paddle companies, clubs? Where should people be looking? Or maybe it's the absence of certain um, products that they should be looking at. Well, I mean, I don't, you know, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm only seeing what's out there. I'm not knowing the what's, you know, financial numbers, right? So I think there's what's perceived and then there's what's reality. Um, I, you know, I'm in San Diego and you've got the hub here, right? Which is one of the biggest or the biggest clubs in uh, in California. So you've got clubs 
uh, which are obviously popping up all the time. What I see as a, a potential good opportunity is you think about personal trainers with studios. I think that there's once the coaches understand the right model, I think that there's going to be a really big opportunity in, in small boutique, uh, per, like personal training when it comes to pickleball, like interming, you know, you, you're going to start to see personal trainers like bring in pickleball with fitness and other things. Like we're already seeing certain brands, you know, I, I polled on LinkedIn uh, recently to say, which of these ideas did you like most? Because these are things that I would like, right? Uh, pickleball and coffee, pickleball and wings. We already have chicken pickleball, right? Uh, yeah. Pickleball and co-working or pickleball in a dog park. So I have a dog, right? So it's like, but most, of course, most people on LinkedIn, they want like pickleball and co-working. So I, right. so I see lots of like uh, these micro niches starting to open up, which I think is going to be a good opportunity. Um, but again, I think it really depends on the individual and the idea, and then also looking at disrupting a, a market. So for example, what I talked about earlier in online courses, right? Noticing that people weren't completing things and then flipping that model on the head versus just giving people information and producing a different model. Or for example, I created a networking event where, you know, my frustration when you go into networking events is everyone says, you know, what do you do? And so I said on when people walked in, you can't ask that question. You have to go on four coffee dates until you ask what the person does. And what that does is that actually genuine uh, develops a genuine relationship versus this kind of contest that people have when they first network. So I think that uh, I think that if you, you know, zig when people are zagging uh, or vice versa, right? Notice what's out there. Um, and I think that AI is great because it can help people not to literally, you know, create a whole business, which you could, but I think that AI is very good for sparking ideas and getting clarity and also doing research. It provides that, that uh, knowledge base um, to go out there. But the best way is to have conversations. Like I'm really pretty new, but the thing that I'm doing right now is having as many conversations as I can to understand needs. And when you ask great questions, you're going to find out what needs are and problems are, which then you can fulfill. And I've learned so much over the past month by, by you know, having conversations uh, with people and finding out where these, you know, problems are. So a lot of great ideas come from uh, problems and, and issues that we already see. Um, I'd, I'd just like to see less of people, you know, uh, slapping something on a product versus actually doing deeper work behind it. You know, that's what I think, uh, you know, but those, those things end up getting weeded out anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just love how your brain works. Simon. I, I, you know, that's what this conversation just it excites me because I just love how your brain works. And one of the episodes that you did <laughs> kind of reminds me of something that happened to me earlier today. I had a kind of unfortunate incident on the court where it kind of, you know, I, I hurt myself slightly right but it made me think of a product that is necessary you know to prevent uh injuries and one of the episodes you had is you had an unfortunate incident that kind of happened to you on the court and it kind of kind of inspired you to create a process tell everybody what happened to you and then how that really got you going and started you thinking uh you're right like the way that my mind works so i got I mean, I've been hit in pickleball before, but I got hit in the privates. The the episode <laughs> podcast wasn't called that, um, but I got hit in the privates and it, I mean, it was stung, you know, I, this was new for me because I was like, wow. And it was funny because I'd already thought about, you know, I, you know, should I get some glasses? You know, you see the pros somewhere that Anna Lee always does, you know, she's got to buy. And then I get hit there and I was like, wow, if there was someone stood, I'm in pain, right? So, so, you know, one of the things to understand when it comes to sales is like there's, when there's pain, there needs to be a solution, right? There's yeah, two worlds. Yeah. 
And so I was like, if someone was there on the corner, you know, right there selling a pair of like underwear with some protection, like I probably would have bought it because I, would, <laughs> you know, I was in pain. Um, and so, you know, I, I think there's, of course, there's crazy ideas and then there's actually things what people would pay for. Uh, you know, I think that's important to understand, you know, the, the, when people say, you know, that's a good idea, are they willing to put out, pull out their credit card and make a purchase? Um, you know, so yeah, I, I like to, uh, you know, I like to, um, use my own personal experiences on coming up with, uh, you know, different, different ideas. But, um, yeah, the other thing too, which I think is, uh, you know, an area which I love is, you know, uh, with, with, uh, you know, performance too, with optimization, because I think there's, there's, you know, we, we, we are all on the court wanting to be better and not have so many like mini outbursts. Right. But there's also like, you know, when it comes to pro level, like what's happening behind the scenes and all the pressures, all of the, all of the things that we don't talk about as business owners, right? There's what we present to the world and what we show. And then there's all of the things that are happen is happening behind the scenes. I was talking to someone today from a very well-known pickleball company and he was, he was, uh, you know, one of the top two and he was, uh, he, you know, he was saying about, um, the fact that he was going through a big relationship challenge at the time of competing. And so there you've got another issue, right? Relationship challenges that cause people to not perform at the top level. And so I think that there's, um, that's one of the things I want to get involved in more, which is helping people with that. Because one of my strong suits is, you know, you know, yes, asking questions, but also helping people to be happier because I spent a lot of my time in my life in pain through the addictions and the childhood trauma I went through and all of this stuff. Um, but I, I see, uh, you know, lots of avenue for people to grow. But, you know, if, if the individual isn't growing, then the business isn't going to grow, especially in the early stages where you don't, you know, have a team and it's just you and you're the person responsible for every uh, aspect of the business, you know, from the product ideas to the product creation, to the hiring, to the marketing, to then worrying about where the money's coming from every month if if the sales are down or even getting something moving. You know, and then there's, you know, the, the challenge of, of connection with people. A lot of entrepreneurs isolate and they don't want to do that part and they struggle with that, making connections, you know. But you reached out to me. Maybe it's, you know, very natural for you guys now because you've been doing this for a while. It's also not for a lot of people and they struggle with that, you know. So it's yeah. we've got to develop personally. We've got to stretch ourselves personally. We've got to have courage. Uh, but when you have that courage, it gives you a lot of energy. Um, one of the things I've loved to study is uh, David Hawkins, uh, Power Versus Force, which is a great book, Letting Go. But he talks about courage being that first point. When we when we move into the space of courage, it gives us a lot of energy, and we're and we're constantly re reminded then of what we're capable of. Um, so, so yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, your background in health and wellness coaching, as well as business coaching, you can help a lot of people out there. And that's where you're headed with Picklepreneurs. Uh, can you share with our audience kind of what's in store and what what your plans are for Picklepreneurs? Um, so I would put it into a number of groups. I would say that it's coaches, clubs, pros, um, you know, who, you know, and companies who are within the inner circle of, of Pickleball. Um, I have, you know, certain skill sets with certain things, you know, for example, one of mine is building digital products. I see a lot of opportunity uh, for people in the space to do that a lot better, even though it's, you know, it's, if it's out there, it's great. But like, how do you actually get people better results 
uh, versus just giving them a lot of information. And there's obviously a lot of free videos and content out there. So I think that there's a great opportunity for some of the pros to actually um, build a sustainable income. You know, and if you look at sports management, you know, one of the things that the managers would want to do is is set set the pros up for success beyond their time, right? There's a window of opportunity when attention's on them, but how does that person build something sustainable beyond that period of time that they are uh, in, in the space? So you've got the inner circle of companies, pros, you know, clubs, especially. I see a lot of opportunity within clubs um, to, to optimize and streamline and segment a lot better when it comes to systems and also marketing, like, see, like simple things, see more staff on camera right? An easy one to do, but maybe the staff, uh, you know, have uh, fear of being on camera <laughs> and as, a, as an example. And then you've got entrepreneurs who are in pickleball that I want to bring together. So maybe there's a real estate agent, right? He's playing pickleball right now. Um, there's a theme, there's a commonality. And that commonality is that it's, it's now an entrepreneur who, when you ask the question, what are your hobbies? They don't say nothing. They say pickleball and they own the fact that, no, I'm not someone who is just addicted to my business. I'm actually someone that has a lifestyle beyond that. And that's where I fell short actually prior to pickleball. You know, you asked me what my hobbies were and it would be, you know, business. I would do things at events. I'd have clients, you know, jump out of airplanes and, and, and jump off rocks in, in Bali. But that was part of my business. It wasn't really what I was doing for myself. And it's, and when we look at how the brain works, it's very easy to get addicted to your business and not build your lifestyle in. And so one of the things that I'm committed to for myself, because of the medical condition I've had and the, the, the seriousness of that is to make sure that when I'm growing picklepreneurs and helping the businesses that I'm not stopping playing pickleball because of my business. I put lifestyle first and I understand that I can still grow my business and it doesn't have to be the other way around. I don't have to spend the majority of my time on the business and fit in a bit of pickleball. Actually, if you if you operate yourself in the correct way, you can actually put your lifestyle first and still have a great business if you understand systems and if you actually put the structure right. Of course, you know, that's everyone's individual choice. But what I have heard is that some people started businesses in Pickleball and now they're not playing at all. But then what's yeah. the point? What's, yeah, what's the point? I mean, it's it's so true. And you, what you find is, is if you're, you know, your, your lifestyle is supporting, keeping you happy, your business is going to probably do better because of it. If you're miserable inside and you have no time except to do business, a lot of businesses that I've worked with in the past fail or they suffer because of that. They need some balance. So I, I love what you're saying there. And, and for the, the business owners that, or the people that want to get into and start their own business in, in pickleball, like what will be a, the initial consultation with you? What's that initial conversation and what do you ask? What do you try to find out and how do you start working with them? Um, well, I mean, they can go to picklepreneurs.com and, and book a strategy session with me. Um, it, it's honestly dependent on the conversation with someone of where we go. Like the other day I had a conversation with a consultant and actually the thing that I'm helping him with um, is to you know brand himself uh, a bit better because maybe he's hiding behind his logo a bit, right? So, so a lot of the things in the early stages are actually gonna be more psychological. But mm -hmm. really I'm making sure that that's the right avenue for somebody because it needs someone that you trust to ask challenging questions, not just feed you things which you wanna hear, asking difficult questions. Like, is that, is that the right avenue, right? Um, 
what are the uh, yes, what are the risks involved, but also what are the strengths to then put someone in the right lane. So I'm also not going to take on certain businesses dependent on if it's not my zone to help them. And I'll probably refer that out to someone else. Um, right now, I'm in the space of just adding value. And you probably learn from listening to the podcast, the things that I'm talking about. I'm well versed in those areas. I'm, I understand those those pieces. And of course, I'll start to get some guests on at some point. Uh, but yeah, they can head to picklepreneurs.com uh, and then there'll be a button for a strategy session. Wonderful. Cool. And on picklepreneurs.com too, they can also access your podcast episodes. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, there's about, I think, six now, six or so. Yeah, it's got a great show. I enjoy yeah. it. Thank you, guys. Why don't we take a toast? to what you are doing on Picklepreneurs, on your podcast, with the businesses. Congratulations. Really. Thank good you. Job. Cheers. 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 And thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of your stories with us. Because like you said, even though that may not be a pickleball business and they might not be um, pr producers of anything, as long as they're within the pickleball world, and have some sort of business involved, you are there for them and you're there to support them and provide them with some sort of advice or some guidance, um, lifestyle advice too, which I love. Um, and I think that that's fantastic. So thank you so much for sharing everything. Thanks. Yeah, what I would say also is if, if someone's got that entrepreneurial spirit in them and they want to do something in Pickleball, I think that there's lots of opportunity. I just think that it's important for people to, uh, yes, you know, be in their lane, but also understand the reality of what's ahead and the person and the challenges that could be in their way um, if they decide to go a certain route uh, and to make that a, a seamless and easiest journey as possible. We'll all know if we're, we all know that if we're in uh, entrepreneurship, it's full of um, ladders, right? We have that in Pickleball. There's this, this well, yeah. in England, it's snakes and ladders, right? Apparently it's different in the States. <laughs> but, uh, but there's, that's what it's like to be on the entrepreneurial journey. You know, you always see that, you ever seen that thing where it's like a squiggle and it's not like a linear sure. process yeah. of success. Yeah. It's painful. It's, it's emotional. It's this, it's so, uh, you know, um, uh, how do I say it? Um, sporadic in so many different areas. Um, but if someone wants to do it, they they will have the drive. Uh, I'm also not here to give someone the drive. Someone has to have, have the energy of which the energy I direct. I'm not pushing someone up the hill. They've got to want to do it. That's the other thing. And that's what makes a great client actually for anybody is someone that's got the drive that says, hey, I'm ready. I just need direction versus trying to motivate somebody to move. And that's impossible, just like a personal trainer can't, you know, for someone to show up for the session right yeah <clears throat> well for all of our listeners that feel they have that drive they have that entrepreneurial spirit and they want to take the next step i highly encourage them to go to picklepreneurs.com meet with simon i think it's the great next step on the whole evolution of what you're going to do and in hopefully your next career with uh, pickleball so, Simon, thank you so much for coming on again. We really appreciate all the knowledge you dropped, and uh, we wish you the best. And for all of our listeners, thank you for joining us and uh, sharing Bridgie and I's pickleball journey. We really enjoy talking to people like Simon. Again, go to picklepreneurs.com or check them out on Picklepreneurs on Instagram. 
Um, Simon, you also said you're on LinkedIn as well. Can people Most, find mostly you? actually mostly active on with the business community on LinkedIn, so they can find me. And what's the uh, what's the name on LinkedIn that people? Can uh, find if they go you? to picklepreneurs.com, it's at the bottom right. They can just hit the button there, get there easily. Perfect. Go do it. Um, I think it, it's very uh, helpful in figuring out what your next steps are. And let's continue our next steps uh, with our enjoyment of the game of pickleball and keep growing this pickleball community. So we'll see you next time on Third Jot Podcast.